This episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast is brought to you by Soapbox, the new home of censorship-free media. Find out more at SoapboxNews.com. Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. Guys, I am really, really pleased to be bringing you today's guest. Uh, they are so good. This is the second time they come on the show. Uh, she is a best-selling author, a leadership mentor, and the host of the top-rated influential podcast. Please welcome Stacey Rasky. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored that I've been brought back. Dude, I'm just I'm just happy that I, I managed to say influential without any mistakes on the, only the second take of that introduction. Great job. It's not like you haven't said it five million times before. <laughs> I know. So look, I don't I don't even know where to start when I'm interviewing uh, people such as yourself because your resume is so long and it, it, it's so strong. I mean, best-selling author and, and mentor and businesswoman and like and war veteran. You, you were active military. I mean, I don't even know where to start when I interview my friend Stacy. So for everybody that's listening that didn't catch the first episode, uh, Stacy, tell us in your own words who you are. Oh, goodness. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Way to put me on the spot, my friend. Well, you are, say, you are just, on the show. Right. No, but just with that question, like, tell us who you are. I'm like, well, ha, 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 ha. Um, generally, when I go to networking events, I say three things because they're exceptionally memorable. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, people are like, oh, hey, you know, introduce themselves. I'm like, hi, I'm Stacy Rasky. I'm an Iraq war veteran, a badass biker chick. And I specialize in mind unfuckery. Mm. And coming from a six foot tall blonde, generally that people re will remember you. <laughs> yeah, like I just, w without taking anything away from, from your uh, business acumen, I actually remembered you because you were the tall one. Like, yes. and then when you wear heels, you're the even taller one. And that's that's how I, init <laughs> that's how I initially, because I've been knowing you a couple of years now, and I initially remember, like, oh, that's the tall one. And sorry, I wasn't the trying The tall to... blonde of all the blondes you know in our respective ecosystems. Well, it's, you know, I'm six, I'm six foot four, so it's very rare that, it's very rare that a, a woman is on eye level with me. Like, very rare. And, you know, when you've got heels on, you're taller than me. I'm like, what in the world? So, yeah, I do notice. Um, so... Funny. Yeah, I try. Mental unfuckery. Mm. You know, I think that a lot of people underestimate just how important mindset is in the world of entrepreneurship. And I've discovered over the years that whatever you think about yourself is, is pretty much true. Like, you either mm -hmm. think you can do something or you think you can't. And either way, you're, you're probably right. Can you speak for a little for a minute, I guess, on mental unfuckery and, and just exactly what that is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of the short punchy version of what I do when really it, it's interesting because I always explain mindset is a result, not a starting point. 
And I think a lot of people really get confused. They're like, well, I just need to change my mindset. I'm like, no, you need to shift your beliefs, your boundaries, your balance to really step into the identity of who you're called to be. And your identity is what will influence your mindset. Wow. And so really it's, even though I say mind unfunker, unfuckery, it's truly identity work at the foundation of what we do. But even more magnificent is that we don't just focus on that one lane because I don't know about you, but there's a lot more to me than just my identity. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's a lot yeah. more to how I'm impacting the world. I'm a multifaceted human. I'm a multifaceted leader. I'm a multifaceted entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So creating an ecosystem where we're supporting all of those elements at the same time, looking at each of us in our success, our impact, our legacy as this holistic um, per point of view and this holistic perspective is way more um, beneficial and accelerates everyone much more rapidly than just working with somebody who's niching in one lane. And I know mm -hmm. people are going to yeah. be like, wait, you know, they'll argue all day long. You need to niche yourself. And you're right. You do. That's why I don't specialize in all of it. We've curated a team of experts, each within their own respective lanes. Right. And right. all of us are contributing to this ecosystem and supporting the individuals, but they've already done this other work, right? All these high performing leaders, they've worked with They've done therapy. They've worked with the business <laughs> strategists. They've done the sales and marketing people. They've done the branding. They've done all the shit. They've done mm -hmm. the investments, right? And yet they can feel this wealth of untapped power and potential waiting to be unleashed. They know they have the capacity for more and yet feel maxed out. Right, right. Have you ever felt that way? You're like, I know I can do this. <laughs> yet I have nothing left to give. Right? No, 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 like, no. I, I am the small business surgeon. You do not operate on me. You stop that now. <laughs> oh, are you feeling? <laughs> no, but, that's uh, but yeah, we're, we're all guilty we, we of all, it. You know, exactly. Yeah. All of us. And I speak from firsthand experience. I was my first client. Mm -hmm. It was, I was doing all of this work and yet the problem I was seeing externally was all of my success was very compartmentalized and nothing was working well together hmm. until I was willing to take the step back and say, whoa, that's because it's all the work I did was compartmentalized. So of course my success is compartmentalized. Let me so take a step back, do this 30,000 foot view, integrate everything that I've learned and all the work that I've done into this cohesive unit, which is this identity of who I'm called to be and allow everything to follow. So give me an example of, of how your success was compartmentalized and, and the kind of, of damage that it was doing uh, mm -hmm. in the overall picture of your business. So there's two really big ways I see this. So there's one, when you take the step back and look at the 30,000 foot view of what are the three main pillars of success, right? Health, mm -hmm. relationships, wealth, right? Right. Well, yeah. how often do you see people really succeeding in all three? At the same time, very, at the very, same time. yeah, very rarely. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, you, you get That's your pretty freaking compartmentalized. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very common for an entrepreneur to pour so much into their business that they lose their health or they lose their relationships around them. Yeah, very common. Mm -hmm. Or both. 
Yeah, well, yeah. Like, yeah either either or. So, yeah. like, one out, of, one out of three is no good. <laughs> no, exactly, right? We can't have... I mean, especially at the core, right? We know most of us who've been on this journey for a little while, we know <laughs> one of the key fundamental laws. How we do one thing is how we do everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're avoiding something in your life, there's other shit that you're avoiding internally. So another way in which we see compartmentalized success is one of the things you and I were talking about recently, right? When I came to you, small business surgeon, and said, <laughs> do some surgery on my marketing machine, right? Right. Where here's, in, in you know, and this is just me and my transparency because I'm always lead by example. I've grown and expanded so much, clarified so much in this last six months and everything sort of revamped. Our offers have been dialed in. All of our free resources have been dialed in. I have all of these assets in my ecosystem, in my marketing machine from freebies to an app, to my membership area, to my book, to, you know, all points in between. To the events. To the events. Thank you. Right. Like all the different things, our academy, our courses, our programs, mm -hmm. just all the shit. We've got everything, the agency, the, all the stuff. But not all of it is communicating together, right. right? So we have all these different assets and it's great. And each little section of our business works well individually, right? The client experience, phenomenal. They love it. But my referral machine isn't necessarily communicating with the clients, which is getting people into the ecosystem, mm -hmm. right? Our events machine for the most part works well by itself, but we're not necessarily getting people opting into our freebies, driving them over to, hey, come over here and check out our events, right? Like the things are not communicating well. And it's simply the reality of rapid growth and expansion that certain systems are not always going to keep up. Well, yeah, and it's it's the nature of the business we're in as well, because as we learn more and we grow more, our product offerings expand more. And so we'll get everything. It's like painting the... Uh, painting the, the Golden Gate Bridge. You get to one end, you gotta go around, turn around, start back and paint the other end and come back. That, that's just, that's the nature of it. Because after we put together an email sequence and it runs for six months and everything's running, well, it's time to update the emails and you know, write a new sequence with some new offers. And it, it's, a, it's a never ending, it's a never ending game that can really only be like bought under control with, with the right kind of procedures and everybody being on the same page. And, and the right team, you know, outsourcing the right help. But here's the reality. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get very existential in, in this was a tough pill for me to swallow. Cause remember I was my first client mm -hmm. that when we get into a place where we see things compartmentalizing in our business, right? Maybe we've got our operations departments, not talking to our social media team. Mm -hmm. Well, communications breaking down is that every one of these external symptoms is highlighting is a mirror reflection of something that's happening internally for the leader and i think what most people forget or, or maybe even don't realize is that you know especially in small business the entire business is is a direct extension of the of the business owner and how that guy is feeling on any particular day Oh, yeah. 90% of what is driving the show is our subconscious. And we don't, most high-performing, driven entrepreneurs do not 
swallow that pill well that <laughs> you realize your subconscious your wounded inner mm-hmm. child is driving the ship yeah yeah i mean that... whether you like it or not <laughs> <laughs> It is what's going to get you to show up to that sales call. It's going to get you to show up and follow through. mm -hmm. You know, I hear it every day. I need to be more consistent. I need to be more disciplined. I'm like, all right, just like mindset, those are a result, not a starting point. (laughs) Oh, man. So we'll we'll get into discipline again in a minute because like... (laughs) So somebody might be on 75 hard again i don't know um but let's let's get to that in a minute i i want to go back to that um statement you made about the inner child and you know being helping to well not helping but the opposite the inner child controlling some of the decisions that you're making and some of the sticking points can you give some examples of you know some i know there's no one size fits all but some common issues that entrepreneurs generally face that they don't maybe realize are being caused by this child oh my gosh yeah so let's just hop into the all or nothing hustle culture (laughs) since we are all guilty of getting sucked into the trap of want something work harder (laughs) yeah i mean yeah And that yet, maxes out eventually, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's the problem. That's, and I mean, it's literally what I do is help people break out of the hustle paradigm and actually leverage time mm-hmm. and energy and money rather than being tied to finite resources like time, energy, and money. Well, I think <laughs> the, the way most people understand that hustle harder mentality is them doing more work. I think that's mm-hmm. that's the misunderstanding there is, is hustling harder is is me going faster and me producing more. And, you know, in drumming, to speed up, you have to slow down. And when you teach each hand, each hand can do double the work you think it can. So now I can do four times the work I could think by going slower. I have to tell people to try and apply that in business is you can only go so fast yourself before you have to teach your hands what to do independently of each other and just trust them to do it. And the hustle mindset, I think, gets people stuck in that. It's like pedaling a bicycle. You can only pedal so fast. I think the hustle mindset is pedaling faster, whereas the actual mindset is taking a look at the drive ratio of the gears and maybe improving some of the gears, maybe adding some more gears, you know, maybe adding some gears up front and, and turning your legs at the same speed and making the wheels go faster. Mm-hmm. Or changing, yeah, changing the ratio of the gears, changing mm-hmm. the size of the wheels, changing all of the things, which would be the systems. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah. we've got to be willing to shift the systems and strategies we use. And keep in mind, it's funny, people think because I specialize in all this inner work, they're like, you're woo, you know, doing all this <laughs> spiritual work and shit. I was like, I am tactical and I am strategic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every one of the things that we do to master ourselves. Right. Because we can't lead a revolution till we lead ourselves. We've got to start with leading ourselves. And that's Absolutely. just boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries. But it's it's being very tactical and strategic. What are the actions you will be taking to get a different result? And it just starts with ourselves. But it's interesting how you, you know you bring that up, and that's exactly what it is, is when it comes to that wounded inner child running the show, you've got to recognize that for people like us, 
our identity has been tied to external conditions. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was performance in sports, grades, you know, um, music, Mm -hmm. all these, these different athletics. Well, I said sports. Yeah. Same diff, you know, (laughs) I mean, Um, (laughs) all of those things, you know, the tight money that I made, the title I had when I was corporate or military, right. Mm -hmm. All of these external variables, because I grew up in an environment where internally because of instability or abuse or alcoholism or different things, I needed to create safety where I didn't feel safe. So I learned my adaptation as a child was to focus on all of these external conditions, right? Mm -hmm. Who's going to show up when dad comes home? Who, who will we be getting when he gets home? What do we need to be doing? You know, how do I need to be focusing on perceiving what other people are thinking and feeling as a survival mechanism? Wow. And how that ends up sabotaging our success in business is now what's driving the show is that wounded inner child constantly looking for the external validation or functioning in the fear of rejection. So we see it as they're not going to be visible. They're not going to go live on social media. They're constantly, nobody's liking my posts. I'm not getting any engagement. Nothing's happening, Mm -hmm. right? They're wanting the instant gratification, the microwave result. When we're talking about this is a crock pot situation. This is a long game that we're investing in, but we want the crock pot results because we need the dopamine hit because it's the inner child that needs the validation. So if I'm not making the money, what is the constant story? I'm not enough. Wow. And then eventually we start creating some success and that internal shame flips to the new story is who am I to do that? Mm-hmm. It's the same fucking story driving the show that goes from that root scarcity of I'm not enough now becomes imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. When we actually start showing up and doing, doing the stuff. But again, it goes back to our identity has been tied to everything external. Mm-hmm. And until we take that step back and be willing to lift the curtain and step into a short lived pain of really owning our shit, healing what needs to be healed, releasing what's not ours. That's our opportunity with that short lived pain to end the perpetual suffering of always chasing something to escape ourselves. And entrepreneurs are probably some of the most guiltiest people in the world of doing just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... I did it. It was every way I could avoid. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I didn't really get give any of the the woo stuff, let's say, any kind of credence until a couple of years ago when I'd got you know, as far as I could with that hustle mentality. What do you think is a is a trigger for the, the entrepreneur that's nobody can do this as well as me, I'm the guy, I'm gonna make this, I'm gonna hustle hard. What do you think is that trigger that allows them to slow down and say, hey, maybe there is something to this woo stuff that has been going on since the 50s and 60s, but has been like actively suppressed. What do you, what do you think is a tipping point for those kind of guys? Well, first I would say it's it's obviously way older than that. If you go back 
all the way, you know, we think it, think and grow rich. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's older than that. That's all yeah, that is, is manifestation and mindset. I mean, there's technically in the original one, there's even a whole chapter on sex. I mean, I think it's been edited. I haven't, I've not read that. I've not read that yeah. chapter. No, that's what I mean. Like, if you look at the full original manuscript, if you get the full compilation, like Think and Grow Rich is just one segment of a larger, like, series of 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 books all part of the same work and i just want to read what napoleon hill wrote about sex about sex yeah do it um but go all the way back (laughs) to like greek and roman times go back to the stoics right Mm -hmm. when we're talking about mastery and it's a shame that people label it as woo because it's just another way for us to judge something as yeah i don't do that woo shit well you know um i don't know about you but it's not woo. It's gangster as fuck to have boundaries <laughs> and say no to shit that doesn't serve I, you. I think it's considered <laughs> woo shit because it's to not feel. it's not taught conventionally in yeah. schools. Um, it's not a part of the conventional curriculum. It certainly wasn't a part of my upbringing to be in touch with my inner child and to understand there were various energies flowing around the universe that, that made shit do shit. Like in, in my upbringing, it was like, don't cry or I'll hit you again. Like <laughs> <laughs> mine too. Yeah. You know, so we don't, um, we don't talk about feelings, you know, but that's right. the thing, right? I think we're labeling and judging things that are outside of the norm of the sheepling that society does, right? Just putting us into these little boxes so we follow doing what we're told. And the second we're willing to start breaking out of that, it's a little scary, but also being willing to be open to all of the stuff that helps us elevate other types of intelligence, not just IQ, you know, having Mm -hmm. spiritual intelligence and nurturing our intuition, having tapping into our body wisdom, Tapping into our emotional intelligence. You know, those are all the layers that make you a better leader that have the wisdom you need to be, have that resilience capacity when it comes to challenges. Right. You know, cause like life is hard. A business is really fucking hard yeah, and is. our ability to handle that is important, but we don't have to do it suffering I mean, you've even, I've even given some of my emotional management tools to oh, you. Oh, yeah. You're like, fuck, I feel better. I was like, I promise nobody's died. Just do it. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we, we should talk about that, you know? Um, yeah. Like, so, write and burn. Um, another, another, like, unconventional, I think, is, is the way to talk about it. Because, I, I need to clarify, my parents didn't actually beat me when I was a kid. Um, not at all. I had a good upbringing, but uh, you don't cry, or I'll give you something to cry about. Was, was it was it was hurt a lot, you know. You didn't talk about emotions and and, and that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, in all that, my mind's gone completely blank. I had the question teed up. I just completely forgot it. Goodness. <laughs> no, oh, I right mean, and burn. Right and burn. Right and burn. Yeah. Right and burn. That's where we were going with that. So I took everything that was bothering me wrote it down on a sheet of paper and just mumbled to myself, this is never gonna bloody work. And I kept writing it down, I kept writing it down, I kept writing it down, and I got about five sheets of paper with everything that was really pissing me off. And then I scrunched up a little ball and set fire to it. And I instantly felt like everything that I'd been worrying about was no longer a worry. And what it did was, like, it made room in my brain to create new shit that needed to be created 
to get me around. I mean, it was it was right after Soapbox co- um, collapsed, the the deal funding fell apart. So I was in a I was in a pretty pretty shitty spot mentally. And after I'd written everything out and set fire to it and got rid of it, my brain felt free to begin writing again and started out with writing the plan and then writing the offers and then creating on the backside of that. Why did that happen? What is it in that particular process? First off, just like reinforce the process for us, just explain it's a little bit more than writing some shit and setting it on fire. So talk us through the process and then explain why it allowed me to be able to go back to creating again, which is really what I love to do. Yeah. Well, and that's it. I I call it emotional constipation. I I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Emotionally and energetically constipated. We are backed up Mm -hmm. and there's no room to receive when we're full, right? If we're in a hoarder house, we can't bring more shit in, right? You got to clean out the old furniture and all the old shit before you can bring in the new stuff. Very and true. too many people, too many people don't let stuff go, right? And again, th- this is thinking about back to people like us. We're the high sensitivity, mm-hmm. right? We're sensitive to the energy and emotions of people around us, but we're also high sensation seeking, high level of drive. So we got the empathy and the drive. <laughs> and So, you know, we are just experiencing all of this stuff, but for those of us who've not been taught appropriate skills for processing our emotions, you know, we're just taking on all of this responsibility for shit that's not ours. We don't know what to do with it. You know, most of us, we were taught unhealthy coping. So for me, the reason I weighed twice as much as I do now was because I stuffed my emotions with food and alcohol (laughs) back in the day, you know, so... Um, but that's the thing is, is once we're willing to let go of really what is not ours, it's ours in the moment mm-hmm. that we feel it initially, but when we keep the emotions ruminating, that's where we shift from emotional pain and distress into suffering, right? Like Tony Robbins says it all the time. Like everybody experiences pain, but suffering is a choice. That's true. And we don't know any better. We don't know what we don't know. Like Mm -hmm. we know that we don't need to keep suffering, but it's amazing the look on people's face when you give them this tool and they're like, they're like deer in the headlights. And Mm -hmm. I'm, and you know, I'll wait like a week or two later. Like, Hey, did you do it? I'll get what, what are you afraid of? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, nobody has died or spontaneously combusted in using this tool. Yeah. I'm like, you're going to destroy it when it's done. But the fundamentally, what we're doing is giving space to our emotions. It's the one thing we never do, especially the high drive people, because we don't know what to do with the emotions. We don't want to just feel and get angry. And and what are we going to do with it? So this gives you something constructive. It allowed me to be disappointed in myself. It actually allowed me to go, wow, that was pretty fucking dumb. You should probably like, write an underline under that and just throw that away. And it also allowed me to realize that like everything's a chapter, even if it's a 10 minute chapter or a 10 month chapter, shit ends, shit finishes, it closes and it's done and you move on to the next, you take the lessons from it. And I think that there were some things I let go that I'd been irritated by for three or four years. And what good is it to be irritated by something that happened four years ago like what 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 actual good will that ever do anybody 
being irritated by somebody stealing money from you so many years ago or being irritated by uh, a business deal going wrong or feeling like a you know be i i'd be uh when covid when covid first hit i was invested in a real estate development it was a commercial development and uh, it it went away it went bad um and a lot of people lost a lot of money i let that go you know what good did it do me to carry that around for the last 2 years feeling like a failure just because something completely outside of my control collapsed well a lot of us don't know what to do with it it's it's that simple is like i never thought for a was... second to burn it <laughs> well but here's the thing right is is for people like us again the high sensation seeking this high level of drive mm -hmm. there's so, some we even when we're on the autopilot of the sabotage cycles there's a lot to the actions we're taking that need to be driven with a function and intention or a purpose right? right even if that purpose and i fully own because this is the space that i help people in even when that purpose is simply self-soothing our discomfort in the moment mm -hmm. so we go into our old habits and our shitty sabotage cycles like we all do it oh yeah like hello Oh, no, 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 I, whatever. I, I don't even want to sit here and go through teaching you how to do this. Let me just do it myself. Yeah. Type A control freak inability to delegate. Yeah. And the reason we do that is because we're sitting in the discomfort of having to slow down and teach someone else. Yeah. You know why we rescue and fix other people. It's not because we're helping them for the sake of helping them. It's because we're so uncomfortable with the emotion or the challenge their experience we jump in to fix it or rescue because we need to end our own discomfort and okay. it's fucked up till we give ourselves space to build our emotional literacy and our emotional intelligence to where we can simply hold space for people and it just be okay that's the highest level of leadership that we're not trying to fix rescue or enable we hold space for people to be in their truth, be in their power, be vulnerable, but also bring their creativity and their innovation to ecosystems. It's how we create a high performance culture. Right. So what this tool gave you was an opportunity to constructively be in your emotions, get it out purely in that emotional space. And then immediately step into learning the lesson you needed to learn so you can let it go and move forward. We will sit in the suck, stuck, or sabotage until we learn the lesson because the emotions we're feeling are simply a messenger. Mm -hmm. But if we're not willing to decipher the message and learn the lesson, we stay stuck and we yep. stay stuck and we stay stuck. That's why literally that's step two in my five steps, my aligned abundance process in my best-selling book. As you start with the routines and then you step into the release. What is the title of your book? Be a boss and fire that bitch. I love that title. I mean, of course I knew the title of the book. I just wanted you to say it out loud. <laughs> Be a boss and fire that bitch. Yes, I, I love that. So um, for those of you listening, please be sure and go and get a copy of that because I uh, I don't, I need to get a signed copy of that, by the way. Okay. All right, so. Well, you'll be here at my event in January. So, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the plan. Um, yes, I will. Um, now, talking of which, I want to get to that because we've done a lot about Stacey Rasky, but we haven't done much about Stacey Rasky's business. And, well, 
you know, being... But that's all the business. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I would be willing to bet there were some days as an entrepreneur that you sat there and just said, well, fuck this. Um, this is difficult. This is rough. I don't want to mess with it. And you do a lot of badass stuff now. But, like, there's got to have been a time where you didn't just wake up as a badass. You, you've cultivated that over 20 years of experience and, and learning and mistakes and stuff. So... If you would, tell us what it was like getting things going and evolving into Stacey Rasky, the leader of the influential setup. Tell, tell me what that was like becoming Stacey Rasky mm. and how difficult it was. Yeah, I would say returning to Stacey. Okay. More than anything, because, right, it's we're born whole. All the, you know, no fears, no worries. No, no, nothing. It's, it's, we're programmed into, right. You know, we experience life, we experience trauma, we experience drama, rejection, parenting in the capacity they can parent, you know, life, you know, social, all of those things. And, uh, you know, all of that over time pulls us away from our truth. And mm -hmm. so there's a point where we can consciously make the decision to say, nope, I'm getting, eliminating all the bullshit and getting back to me. Tell me, so, tell me about that point. That's what yeah. we, like, I mean, there's a couple of those. I think there's a couple of those because there's one, the initial one, the rock bottom moment, you know, mm -hmm. I share that in my book. So we'll go into the juicy t details on that or maybe the previous episode. of Small I, Business. I want to say we got to that one on the previous episode. I was yeah, just, we did. I, I want to know there was a, I'm looking for a time when you, you, you left corporate and you went, oh, shit, I'm really scared because I'm out on my own now. That that kind of yeah. story. like, Because I, I know there's a lot of people listen that want to leave what they're doing and go and start their own things and that are very, very capable of it and very, very qualified for it, but are sitting there listening scared. Fear never goes away. It never goes away. However, you can acquire the tools to shift your relationship with it because it's a hell of a driver. Mm -hmm. It's a hell of a storyteller. It's a hell of a um, fuel for your passion and your purpose. And it's definitely um, a hell of a mirror on where we need to grow, where we need to go. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, uh, even... Let's see, it's December 27th, mm -hmm. 2022, as we're recording this. Yeah. As early, early as just right Labor Day weekend, right at the end of August, beginning of September, was I was in one of those Phoenix moments of feeling like I want to burn down my entire business. <laughs> this will happen many, many, many times. Yeah. And what I, I'm grateful through the almost decade I've been in business that I recognize that feeling as it had nothing to do with my business. It was just a mirror back to me of, oh, what you're burning away is everything that is no longer serving you as you step into the next level of you mm -hmm. that your vision and your message and your mission and your business need you to be. It is so difficult. That's so difficult. It's, it's like, not the business. It's never the business. It's always us. Mm -hmm. But but the power in that, the power in that is when it's you, you have the control. You have the power to change it. Anything mm -hmm. external, you can't control it. That's very true. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Only you control how you react to it, which I think is uh, very important. Yeah. People. Like, mm -hmm. shit, shit happens all the time. It's how you respond yeah. to it that's the, uh, the real kicker. But I like what you said about wanting to tear everything down. And, and sometimes that needing to happen because it's, it's very difficult to get to greatness if you're unwilling to let go of some stuff that, that may be good but may not be serving. And, you know, I learned that earlier this year in that it's very difficult to try to build an eight-figure company with, with, without seven-figure employees. You have to have the people that have been there and been experienced. So get rid of some good to, to build something great. Do you, you have any stories like that where you've had to just kind of pull things apart and shuffle things around and uh, what happened there yeah i mean technically we just did that i mean we had peaked our team between salaried employees and contractors mm -hmm. and coaches and all the stuff i think we had peaked um around you know may june at like a dozen 15 people mm -hmm. And what, see what had happened was <laughs> we grew too quick. <laughs> right. Right. And this is the thing, just like you said, it's the slowdown to speed up. We had this big influx of capital mm -hmm. and then we, mainly myself, distracted by certain elements, like having some of the wrong people in mm -hmm. certain positions within the company and giving them too much power and control when they're not necessarily meeting accountability and expectations or um it's super difficult like to find that balance though yeah it's it is because so it, it, you, you have to give rope uh in order to get the job done and you just have to hope they don't hang themselves with it you know it's it's, it's a very tricky balance it is, but I would say is you know long before you're willing to be honest with yourself. <laughs> That's the truth. That's yeah. the, and this is why it's so important to give us that space for our emotions. Mm -hmm. Because we're gonna see the stories playing out well in advance. Because oh, we're nobody wears a mask better than we do with ourselves, right? We're great at lying to ourselves. <laughs> And so we're going to allow things to go on way longer than they need to, you know, and because of my relationship with certain people within my ecosystem, mm -hmm. I, as many of us high sensitivity people do, we want it more than they do. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because we can see their highest potential. But if they're not willing to step into it. Mm -hmm. We can't expect them to. So, oh, you know, the second you see them not stepping up you've got to make the hard choices and take the hard actions to be the leader your message your mission your empire needs you to be and you've got to move them into a different spot or let them go and you know what's funny is is your gut will tell you this long before your long before your brain will accept that yeah. Um, and it, that's why i said that in that body wisdom is so important that spiritual intelligence no doubt yeah, it, it just, you don't really, I mean, shit, it's took me till 42 years old to understand that that's even an aspect of the world that exists. Because again, we're not exposed to, I didn't learn in elementary school, that, you know, nerves have electrical signals and electrical signals generate electromagnetic fields. And like, you don't learn that, anything like that. You don't learn that, you know, you get out of life what you put into life. You don't learn that you, your perspective is your perspective. So you get to choose whether it's a happy one or a sad one. You get to choose whether to be grateful or annoyed. I mean, it's like they don't teach you any of that. Life so, skills. It's amazing. <laughs> like, 
I just I just wonder why that kind of level of knowledge is is left out of our educational system. It doesn't make good little robots, eh? Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's the thing. I mean, there's certain schools that are starting to bring that stuff back. You know, they're bringing in meditation. They're bringing in, hey, how can we lower your nervous system so you can actually focus better rather than just medicate you or isolate you? Yeah, yeah. You know, because that's the thing. I mean, even in our ecosystem, this is the magic of what we do when we look at the individual. When you're talking about integrating your identity, that means supporting you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually all at the same time. Right. So for example, you might be going to therapy, you're working with a life coach or whatever, and yeah, you're learning some new skills. But if you're not addressing the physical component, Mm -hmm. such as your physiological response to stress activation, aka your trauma response, Mm -hmm. if you're not changing how your body responds to stress and breaking that habit loop, it's going to be a lot harder to change your mental or emotional habit loop, let alone the behaviors that follow that. Right, right. And a, a right? lot of the, so there's these pieces that have to come into play that people just don't even think about. And you know, most most of us deal with that kind of stuff with with alcohol you know, or, yeah. or or drug of choice, especially in the in the entrepreneur world where it's or work, just work harder. More like, work. Let me work. Yeah, well, it's yeah. safe, and that's what I did. I, I let me avoid my relationship with my husband because he expects me to show up emotionally, and you know, mm-hmm. like in dealing with shit where it's easier for me to just work over here because it's at least fulfilling in the moment yeah and i get it and i get the 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 a for example the external validation mm-hmm. which is i earn money yeah whereas yeah. your relationship is never done there's no dopamine hit <laughs> uh work, work's never done either work's never done either no. you know you can like that that's one of the things I don't I don't ever just work late to finish stuff up because as soon as I finish something up oh I could work on this now there's always something else yeah. you know my idea of a good time is putting on my headphones and shutting my office door and like getting into a flow state and everybody leaves me alone but <laughs> I'm I'm not sure I should have said that publicly now they'll think I'm kind of boring no that's a good thing but that's what you know that's part of being influential that we're mm-hmm. willing to take the step back when things start to feel hard. You don't push harder. You take a step back, disengage. So we stop forcing and just like letting go of the emotional shit. So you were able to receive the inspiration, the creativity, the ideas. It's the same thing. You take the step back, which creates a vacuum and the universe hates a vacuum. So if you take a step back and stop forcing all of a sudden, what fills the space, everything that you want. So Hmm. when I need opportunities, when I need clarity, when I need money, just stop forcing Take a step back, go have a fun day, go have a beach day, go work on a different project. Mm-hmm. Just don't force an effort it, right? Like, Yeah, so. I like that. That's a, that's a really good outlook on it. All right, so I have some more questions for you, which I'm sure you just can't wait for. But I know that you host events now. And I want to talk about your journey from corporate to entrepreneur to I'm getting on stage to now I have a stage and I'm hosting an event. Tell me how that came about. And then let's get into a little bit about your events and what they're for and what they do. Because I know you've got one coming up. And I bet we get this show uh, out before 
the event we could probably even put a little lead trap on the end of the show for you say anybody interested go click this link so yeah. talk to me about how you progress through your career into public speaking and first off getting on stage and how that happened yeah it, it's funny how that kind of happens right like i think to a certain degree i was always kind of inadvertently creating my own stages mm -hmm. you know even when i was in the military you know having the opportunity to provide training on something or even just running PT in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. Like, all right, y'all are going to do this workout. Here we go. <laughs> you know, like, um, but you know, it was just that same thing in, in college and then corporate environment, you know, I was just kind of that problem solver, but mm -hmm. corporate, certain corporate environments don't want a problem solver. They just want you to be the person who just follows the status quo just does the minimum. Right, right. That's it. So it was just, I was looking for ways to make things better because it's just who I am. If I have mm. an opportunity to to see a problem and fix it, I'm going to stand up, draw attention to it and, yeah. and speak that truth, right? Like, hey, you know, let's fix this. So after getting the book out, I mean, starting my business, it was, you know, scary as hell doing Facebook lives and all that shit, like just going through all the nerves of the visibility. Cause every one of those are little micro stages. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for people is not just looking at your hosting events or you're speaking in front of 30,000 people, you know, on Tony Robbins stage or something, right? Like every one of these is a small micro stage, just like yeah. getting on podcasts. And mm -hmm. so that's where I started was small. I just was like, I have a message I want to share and done is better than perfect, which as a recovering control freak was so <laughs> difficult, right? Um, I, st I still struggle with that. I hate it. I hate it. It's not right. No, like, no, yeah, I get, like, to I get told off for that. Just send it out. Send it out. Yeah, right? <laughs> like even your little flippity dibbit on the opening and you were like, wait, let me re-record it. <laughs> Like, well, inf influential is it's not like it doesn't roll off of my tongue as easy as it rolls off of yours. So, yeah, I missed I, I got all the way through the intro and messed up the pronunciation of influential. So my bad. All you did was overthink it. You yeah. say it just fine. It's just you so overthought. I don't want to mess it up. So then you got your brain stuck on it rather uh. than just trusting your body that it is there to serve you. And even if you said influential, it would be fine. And you say, no, it's influential. <laughs> do, do you know, <laughs> it's good. There, was, there was one time when I was a, a real little kid and I was playing uh, I was playing Father Christmas in the school play. And I was so nervous getting on stage. You had to get on stage and announce your name. And so the girl going on before me was Little Red Riding Hood. And I listened to her and I'm like, all right, you're Father Christmas. Don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. And the first two words out of my mouth were Little Red. And then I said Father Christmas. So I was Little Red Father Christmas, all because I overthought what I was going to say next. So now as a podcast host, I just try not to think about anything. <laughs> that is so funny. So, um, yeah, my bad. You know, from, no, 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 not at all. No, so back, back, back to stories. It's so fun. <laughs> so no, it was just eventually it was, um, wanting to get on those stages, just knowing it, you know, I had a, a message to share mm -hmm. and the opportunity to impact anyone with it. So, you know, it's a, like a lot of people, you start with the free stages again, Facebook lives, Instagram lives, YouTube yep. channel, whatever mm -hmm. those free stages are. Right. And then getting on podcasts. These are the, more of those small stages. 
starting your own podcast is another one, but my caveat to that is make sure you're ready for that commitment because mm-hmm. it is a commitment. This isn't a, something you should should. People were telling me for years, start a podcast. I was like, I'll do it when I'm ready. Yeah. Then I did. And here I am heading into season three, year three, all excited. So well, I, I tell people and, the same. Like, yeah. yeah. Don't think about sure. starting a podcast. Commit to starting no. a podcast. It's, yeah. it's like no, having. you're ready. Yeah. It's like having a child. <laughs> it is. It is another business baby for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's like. Or a pet to to the business. Your business is your baby. The podcast is like the really high maintenance pet. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I I love every single person that listens to this show. Thank you so much for yes. listening. Y'all are not pets. I love it. <laughs> no, not the audience is not the pet. The, the podcast itself, the function of it in the ecosystem, for, the mechanics of it. Dude, is it pet. It's something for it just always wants to eat. Like it's always yeah. hungry. There's always, always another episode to write. Yeah. You're just like, leave me alone. But no, I, that's, I, lo- that's I love what I'm it. Saying. So back to stages, back to your stages. So but- it's literally was. Um, you know, it was important for me to start getting on other people's stages mm-hmm. and I was just asking. That's the thing is, is people don't know if you don't ask, like, you know, I would do these virtual coffees, these networking with people, just like how you and I originally got connected, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, let's set up a virtual coffee outside of our meetups, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at the end of it, it's like, Hey, you know, what do you need? How can I be of service to you? What's your ask? Like, mm-hmm. is there somebody you need to be connected with. What are you looking for us? You know, whatever it is. And my ask was whatever's pertinent to me right now. And for the bulk of 2022, my ask was, Hey, I am looking to connect with people hosting events. Cause I would like to get on more stages, but also I knew it was time for me to start creating my own. And they're a pain in the ass. You want to talk about a, like a mm. seriously hardcore monster yeah. is live events. So well, I, it is not for the faint of heart. That's why I that's why I took a break <laughs> from them last year. The last live event we did was uh, end of May last year, and then I, I took a break. I found them like I needed a full time to do one monthly event. I was paying three people full time. Like unbelievable how much effort it takes and how much like stuff you've got to put in. Now I I'd, I'd do it again. Um, yeah, for sure. But like events are definitely not something to take lightly. Tell us mm-hmm. though, tell us about your events. And number one, how often they are. I know you've got one coming up that we really want to uh, get a plug in here for. And then tell me yeah. what, what goes on at those events. Like, or, or so, is it like Bohemian Grove and we can't talk about that? No, not that. No, of course. <laughs> no, I like people talking about our events. <laughs> I don't know. I just seen some weird headlines come out of Florida, you know. Oh no, I don't know. That's so strange. All right. First rule of Fight Club is <laughs> don't talk about events. <laughs> we don't talk and about yet, more club. people keep showing up at Fight Club. Somebody yeah, was right? talking about I, it. We need to do that. We need to do that. No, no. My days so, of fighting are over. That shit hurts. Right. <laughs> So the thing with us, so as far as the big events, like the one coming up, we do those once a year. Mm -hmm. So we do quarterly events for our clients. So our clients come into town and we are all about in-person community. Our clients are from all over the world. So we've got people flying in from all over North America every quarter. Mm -hmm. And so like November was our last quarterly meetup of 2022. And I just held it at my house and everybody came. Jeff smoked meats all day on the smoker. And we had family game night at the end of the day, but it was beautiful getting to truly mastermind and connect with everybody. And they all mapped out 2023. They mapped out 
the processes, the SOPs, the weekly calendar, people saved like an hour and a half uh, a day in their business and their life just by optimizing their calendar. Like we, we did all of the stuff all the way down to the identity issues. What are the stories that are going to get in the way? So we can preemptively know how we need to shift our routines, our mm-hmm. self-care, our habits to support these big juicy goals, right? Yeah. But it was very tactical, very strategic. It was a lot of fun. But we do these big events once a year. It's a great way to launch your year. We bring in international, renowned, world-renowned speakers in all these different lanes, mm-hmm. all to support the identity of this leader you're called to be. So we've got behavior experts. We've got branding. We've got voice. We've got um, marketing and messaging. We've got mm-hmm. self mastery. We've got, you know, emotion management. We've got, you know, I mean, leading with love. We've got all of these amazing experts from all these different industries, you know, mm-hmm. really cultivating your community, your network, all of this stuff to support you in stepping into who you need to be to match the big goals that mm-hmm. you've got. Because, you know, just like I was saying, you know, with burning away the Phoenix burning away the bullshit that I was engaging in, right? The old stories, which for me, it was the pressure. I was Mm -hmm. creating the pressure loop and that pressure loop comes from scarcity. And when I was willing to let that go, all of a sudden, everything changed. The floodgates open. All the people, the opportunities, the money start coming in. So is this a, uh, is this a, surely if it's just a big event, if it's, if it's one a year, surely it's more than one day, right? Tell me a little bit about how, this is a what two will day, we doing. Yes. Yeah. So is yes, it, is it like is workshops a, or? It's all of the above. The one most important thing is of all the events that are out there, this is, we curate this to be an intimate experience. Mm-hmm. So we cap it. There's going to be about a hundred people there. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, then you add on sponsors, speakers, staff. So right, like right. as far as actual guests, hundred people, that's it. 35 VIPs. And that's whittling down quickly. It's two days, January 26th and 27th here in Tampa. So if you're anywhere cold, come hang out with us. It's a good call. Nice. It got cold here last week. Jeez. Right. Yeah. I know. I was like, Florida's broken. It's 30. No, we, right we, <laughs> we hit like 15. I'm like, what the hell yeah. is going on? Get back. It was like 17 below in Atlanta. I was like, what? The yeah. South is broken. No. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but fundamentally, I mean, you're going to be no snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be sunny. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. Right. But what's cool is it's an intimate space. Mm-hmm. We're about creating real transformation and results on the spot. So it's an experiential event. So what happens is the speakers come and they will walk you through not only the story and what they're teaching, but take you through something to create an immediate result. And then um, uh, we'll have the Q&A panels every day, which again, when you're looking at a intimate space of 100 people, mm-hmm. everybody gets the time to ask the yeah, questions yeah. and really engage with the speakers, especially in between with the networking and the breakout, like the breaks and the lunches. And then on day two is where we actually get into the breakout time in mm-hmm. the afternoon of day two. So we're going to have that time to actually get together with the different speakers and get that time right on you, on your business, on your vision, and have people who are working with some of the most impactful people in the world. Like this is the room 
if you want to be one degree of separation from everyone of influence in the world. Okay. I mean, so we've got speakers who've worked with Les Brown, Dean Graziosi, Tony Robbins, who work with companies like Tiffany's and Coca-Cola and Google and mm -hmm. Amazon and, you know, so. So if somebody was listening and was inclined to swing by a temper and check this out for a couple of days and really kind of work on reinvent themselves, where would they go to find out more information about it? So you can go to beinfluential.com slash summit, because this is the influential freedom summit, truly mm -hmm. creating freedom. Um, or you can check it out. It's right at the top of stacyraski.com. I see it. I'm on stacyraski.com also. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you guys go over and, uh, and check that out. And um, Stacy, I have just a couple more questions for you uh, before I let you go. Uh, the first one, is tell us again the name of your book and where it can be bought. Yes. Be a boss and fire that bitch. You can get it on Amazon. You can go to firethatbitchbook.com. That's more like it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will make sure all, the, all of these go in the show notes. And the, the, awesome. the, the second question, one more time. What are the dates for the January event and where do they need to go to get tickets to come and see you guys at that event? Yep, absolutely. January 26th and 27th here in Tampa. Beinfluential.com slash summit. Wonderful. Stacy. thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me for the last hour and uh, talking to the guys on the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. I really appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Guys, that was Stacy Rasky, uh, superstar, author, podcaster, and uh, just all around great human being. If you enjoyed today's show, please go show her some love at uh, beinfluential.com. And uh, as always, you can show us some love over on Facebook and Instagram. Find us at Small Business Surgeon. That's it from me for today. I will grab you guys on Friday for this week's episode of Friday Fire. You'll be good. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in. This episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast is brought to you by reengageme.com. Customer acquisition retargeting made easy. Generate more revenue for your business without taking time away from doing things you actually love.